Hello and welcome to another edition of the Tree City Sports Podcast. I am your host, Andrew Baker, here as always with my co-host, Graham Moen. Woo! And Brown's Victory Tuesday. You know what, Graham? I woke up today feeling dangerous. Yeah, did you? Just I like, also felt Just dangerous. like Baker Mayfield said he felt on Sunday, and uh, he wasn't lying. The Browns' offense was dangerous. The Browns' defense was dangerous. The dog pound was dangerous, and I'm also, I the also, Browns unexpectedly won a game. I also have a similarity to Baker Mayfield. As he said, I'm also not that athletic. <laughs> and my name is Baker. We're all Baker Mayfield here at the Tracy Sports Podcast. The Browns won Sunday. 28-16. And, and it, it was a dominant performance. It, it was not as close as the score indicated. It was dominant. at the end of the game, the yeah. at the end of the game, the uh, Falcons scored a touchdown on a miraculous three-yard hail mary pass on fourth and goal from Matt Ryan to Austin Hooper, who like lunged his way over the end zone. Yes, so. your favorite in the box safety blew an easy tackle on that play. But anyway, but he saved one earlier, which we'll talk about yeah, later. He did. He did. He, he did. But I mean, I think the biggest story of this game is. Obviously, the offense. It's the explosive young players. Yeah. It's it's John Dorsey's first two picks in offense producing. Being our just, offense. Just, I mean, yeah. I mean, Baker Look, Mayfield. Baker Mayfield coming into this game, we both said we'd still take him number one. We're pleased with what we're seeing. But he's a young guy, you know, needs to improve. Falcons came to town. They're not a good defense. He took advantage. That's what a professional, good starting quarterback and does. And two games with Freddie Kitchens. He has five touchdowns and one interception. And he's protected the ball pretty well, except for, you know, the fumble that he but but he got lucky and picked it up and ran for six yards. Todd Haley and Hugh Jackson aren't our coaches anymore. Isn't it nice? I wonder what they're thinking is if I wonder if they even watch this stuff. I wonder because they're probably like, wow, wish he would have done that with us. He didn't put him in the right position to succeed. That's we've already had that rant. But Baker Mayfield completed his first 13 passes, 12, 12 or 13. And he finished the day 17 and 20, 20 passes in today's NFL is insane. But well, that's why? What happens. That's what happens. Explosive when, offense. And that's what happens when, A, you're ahead and just running the clock out, and B, when you have one of the most dominant interior pass-blocking lines in football, and mm-hmm. you can just grind it out. Two of the best five, according to Pro Football Focus, with Joel Batonio at uh, third and number one by a mile, Kevin Zeitler. Zeitler is a monster. Zeitler's having the year is finally justifying – that contract, we gave him a fat contract. He's getting paid like $7.5 million a year to be our guard. He's dominating. And he's killing He's, he's just mauling people. A lot of these holes that are happening for Nick Chubb are because of that interior. Treader, and and plus, Treader's and, forgotten because he's plus, played well. You know, one thing that's really important since Baker Mayfield's kind of a shorter quarterback is the lack of interior pass rush that teams have been getting against the Browns. Yeah. I mean, we both talked about the tackles needing to improve in pass rush, and that remains the case. Yeah. But – Baker Mayfield's a little bit more able to deal with that outside pass rush because he can step up or out of the pocket. But if that pass rush comes right up the middle, there's not a lot Baker Mayfield can do about it because he's, A, not big enough to throw people off of him, and, B, he's not tall enough to see over that. You know what I mean? Yeah. And with those – with you know, And he showed that in that one with, play. With Treader as well, yeah. the center. Those guys aren't giving up interior pressure. And we saw that the play at the one-inch line where the Browns were basically in their own end zone – there's a bigger play that happened earlier in the game, but it just went in with your point so well that when it was it was first and goal, it was first and ten, but it was at like the one inch line, and the Browns basically had to get some yards or they were to give up a safety drop back pass, which is pretty uh, pretty ballsy. Generally, teams will just run the ball there. Yeah, like a sneak or a really quick run, yeah. but he was very confident. He stepped up, 
because he had plenty of time in the pocket in the middle and made a dart of a throw to Antonio Callaway first yep. down out of the craziness. And that was that's one, what can that happen. Was, that was one of the, the plays on Sunday that you saw from Baker Mayfield and you said an average NFL quarterback would not make that play. And he And also it. you gotta give, you know, Kitchens a lot of credit for trusting his line. Because mm-hmm. last week we had that holding in the end zone that yeah. ended up being a safety and he gave him the opportunity to, you know, legitimately get their way out of that hole. And that, um, was, so and that was going to Callaway, who, by the way, is starting to play better. Yeah. I think they've kind of taken some off his plate. He's more of a, you know, here and there type of player. Not, you know, now that Higgins is back, especially, we don't have the injuries at wide receiver anymore. But I also like that they're not just having him run burner routes all the yeah. time. He's expanding his route. Tree Although Baker, sure. I think Baker didn't miss him at one point in this game, which could have been a touch, which could have been another touchdown. Again, that's something you're going to hear a lot with Callaway because that this kid can get open all the time with his speed and his quickness, which we've seen that once he gets the ball in his hands and he's actually able to catch the ball, he can make people miss really well in the open field and he can get some yards. He had a really solid game and he had that, that lead block on the Nick Chubb. Yeah, he's just, where, where he's, he's just like, where he's, fake point, it. where he's pointing the left. Well, my favorite he has the two hands out and he's just kind of like doing fake moves at the defensive player. And then he points and then just kind of lets Chubb run. Yeah. It was awesome, but it's good to see it's, but you know, and Callaway's another young offensive player that's making plays. Fourth round pick. Yeah. And I mean, he's showing the talent that he was he's showing underdraft. He's showing play. improvement. Yeah. And that's the key is with Mayfield, with Chubb, with Callaway, these young players are improving on offense. And I think that, you know, we talked about it last week. Like you said, Freddie Kitchens putting guys in positions where they can be successful. And that's showing. Let's talk about Nick Chubb for a minute. Well, wait, what about the touchdown throw to Higgins from Baker? Mayfield? Oh, that was an unbelievable. He's scrambling out of the pocket. That was the throw of the day on the run. That was one of the best throws I've seen in quite a while. That was like a 40 yard throw running to his right on a dime Perfect to throw. Richard Higgins. Yeah. And that, no turnovers. And that was the first touchdown of the game. And it really gave the yeah. Browns some momentum going forward. No turnovers. Yeah. I mean, Baker Mayfield was hype, man. He was celebrating like crazy every time. It's just nice to see that energy out of the Browns, you know, great to have Higgins back. Because clearly he trusts him and run, mm-hmm. rolling out to his right, making that type of a throw. You need a running wide receiver you can trust, and Hollywood made the play. Guys but, are open, too. Yeah. I mean, th- you know, Freddie Kitchen's offense He's scheming working. them open a lot better. But yeah. like you said about Nick Chubb, I just have – I just My wrote God. in our notes, good Lord. Yeah. Like – He's he's wh- he's going to be – Why did it take so long for us to get rid of Carlos Hyde? It is not an exaggeration to say that Nick Chubb is going to be a star. I think he will I mean, be. Honest, seriously. I don't want to jump the gun quite yet just because it's so early in his career, but I'm jumping the gun. He he's has good. He has everything you want in a really good running back. I mean, we've no look, this is the process for Nick Chubb. When we drafted him, we knew he was kind of the the bigger back. He's 230 pounds, kind of the bulldozer. Okay. Mm-hmm. Then early in the season, whenever he got carries, like that Pittsburgh game when he had the two touchdowns on three carries, two long touchdowns. I think that was the Raiders game. Whatever it was. Yeah. Um but the point is, yeah, we saw those we flashes. saw the explosiveness, mm-hmm. and now we're starting to show the complete passing, the, the, the complete package. Nick Chubb is showing a patience behind the line of scrimmage to wait, 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 hit the hole or cut, hit different hole. Really, really rare for a rookie running back. And when you've got that combination of size, speed, and patience. Those are those are the things that make a star running back. Not to mention he's, he's literally just bouncing off of people. I like, mean, first contact, he's just 
Doesn't matter. It was seven. What was it? Seven point three yards. Seven point eight yards per carry after contact, and a lot of that was in the ninety-two yard run. But still, but a lot. If you take that run out, I think it was like five yards per carry after contact. Yeah. So he's getting hit at first thing, but then he's just churning the legs. And a lot of those carries earlier in the season where Carlos Hyde would get first contact and get like five yards are turning into 11, 12 yards, 20 yard runs, the 92 yard run, which was set up by Nick great Chubb blocking. is going to be a star. Nick Chubb is showing Seriously. he's, he looks there. There's not a lot else you could ask for a murky running back. A lot of Browns fans were really hoping that Saquon Barkley was going to fall to four and that we were going to take him. And some were even saying you should take Saquon number one. Cause he's generation. Oh these people and those people are never going to stop either. With the whole Saquon Barkley should have gone number one thing. It's just like, and like shut look, up. Don't get me wrong. Saquon Barkley is making really good he's impact good. for he's the good. New York Giants. But look at their team. Yeah. They are one win team that can't win because they don't have a quarterback. And a number they got one. a lot of their problems too, but I know what you mean. Yeah, but it, but even average teams can be good teams with a number with if you, with a good quarterback. Look at the Colts, for example. The Colts are, have won three games in a row because of that. It's just great to see uh, – Nick Chubb being able to be there in the second round, you pick him up and you didn't have to spend those huge assets. Whereas you get Baker Mayfield in the first round. And these two guys have led the charge this week against the Falcons. Was Nick Chubb or was Corbett the first pick of the second round? It was Corbett. It was Corbett. So Which is funny, but it's a wait and see game with him, but well, Nick Chubb, he hasn't played. So, and Nick Chubb at 35, like a lot of people didn't know if that was going to be a great pick because his explosiveness at Georgia was just starting to come back. A lot of people near the end of that year. Michelle. I including myself. And, but you saw that explosiveness that he had pre-ACL injury at Georgia slowly start to come back. And by the college football playoff last year, he was playing amazing. They, they And they pretty they should have beaten Alabama if not for that crazy touchdown pass Nick from Chubb Tua. is so unassuming, too. I mean, he's such a quiet – you know, a lot of these dominant running backs are in your face about it. But he's just kind of like – I still think it's from that first Hard Knocks episode where he's yeah. going into the airport. And he's they're like, who are you? I play yeah. football for the Browns. Yeah. Oh. You play football, huh? Uh, yeah. He realized he wasn't the big man on campus anymore. And he's like, oh, God, I'm in the NFL. He scores a touchdown. He's kind of just like, all right, well, back to the sideline. Yeah. But, th- but look, the Browns have, we've said it, Baker Mayfield, this is another step for him. This was his best game as a pro, easily. That's mm-hmm. a step he took today. Nick Chubb is has all the makings of a star. Antonio Callaway is improving. You know, John Dorsey, we've known this, but John Dorsey's draft just keeps looking better and better. And Freddie Kitchens finally having, and yes, he is the running backs coach, but the focal points of the offense right now are the running backs. Duke Johnson and Nick Chubb have been getting a lot of touches the last two weeks. But that's the, you know, and, you know, the running backs coach takes over and the running backs start getting more looks. That's not a surprise, but also it's not just because he likes the it's running backs. because they're our most explosive players. It's because the Browns – yes, it's because Nick Chubb and Duke Johnson are the Browns' two best offensive you know, playmakers. You literally just need to give it to yeah. them in space, and then they will make someone miss. Or Nick Chubb yeah. especially will go through contact and gain an extra few yards. Well, like Duke today had another touchdown. Yeah. Picked, and up, it was, picked up like what, three or four first downs? Yeah, and he, that's exactly what we want out of him. Yeah. We're not expecting him to be a star running back, but we want him to be that guy on th- – who can play 35 to 40 snaps a game and be able to dictate pace. Can we talk about the wishbone offense? I thought that was great, except for the the trick play. The wishbone is when there's three running backs in the backfield, not even a fullback, three legitimate running backs. And I think they They were running like options. And I think that could be pretty scary if they could do some things where they have like two guys run, if they can figure that out where they have them both running towards each other and 
I think Baker it's Mayfield I think it's something you just throw in there just to make a team's game plan for something else. And I, but I also you're, think, you're not going to use it often. No, but the Browns didn't get until that terrible trick play that I don't know what the hell that was, but <laughs> it wasn't a bad throw. It's just the safety was yeah, just sitting dra- on it. Yeah, exactly. The safety saw it, so most of the time those trick plays will work because yeah. people get freaked out. But yeah. There was a couple cute plays that were like, oh, is Todd Haley the offensive coordinator? Yeah, and uh, Duke, direct Johnson, snap. Duke Johnson got absolutely lit up and flipped it as he was going down. I was like, okay, let's just – Let's stop with the trick plays. Let's do it. Hey, it was fun. I like those things, like five plays a game if you yeah. have the wishbone. It just gives them a chance to be like, okay, they can hand it to any one of these three yeah. running backs. It's just something it's, – it's almost like the Wildcat what was back in the day. It's just an opportunity to kind of mix it up, give the defense another look, make them game plan for something else, get some running backs yeah. involved. But the offense was explosive, quarters one through three. And then the fourth quarter, I didn't like as much that they kind of took the foot off the yeah, gas. But and they that could. Was they were up three scores. Yeah, but as a Browns fan, you just – like, you know this. Like, yeah. no lead is safe for the Browns. Like I know what you mean, but – when Like, when the Browns stopped that drive at the one-yard line for the Falcons, which we're going to go into defense next, that was a relief because they scored – had they scored there and then they scored again that other time, Browns fans would have been sweating. And like, why aren't you? And instead of just running the ball constantly, they yeah. could have done a couple throws here and there. So, I'm not saying it, it, it was again. It was a great performance, but I think there's still things that they can improve on, especially when it comes to uh, management, because they well, had still the, a young team. Yeah, I mean, obviously they had a 28-10 lead, but you do, Greg Robinson was okay. Yeah, you don't want to take those things lightly because a, a Falcons team that can score in bunches or if, a lot if of you're playing teams, the Saints to the Steelers it's not it might not be the same yeah opinion. and if you go up 28-10 on those teams you better not yeah. take your foot off the gas and yeah. that's what you have to get to at some point is if you can go up big against good teams you have to keep your foot on the gas that's why teams like the Chiefs and the Rams and the Chargers are able to be as good as they have been because yeah. they don't stop trying to score touchdowns now that's and that's just one thing but again great by the Browns you know, rookie quarterback Took the foot off the gas a little bit. And Freddie Kitchens is still an inexperienced offensive coordinator. So. I want to talk about Freddie Kitchens for a minute. Go for it. Um, you know, we've we've highlighted some of the things he's done that's really good. Mm-hmm. And I think this is this is goes for Greg Williams as well, which we can talk about before we talk about defense. So normally when the Browns fire a coach midseason, you know, we all start coming up with head coaching candidates, which we're doing right which now. We and we already did. Yes. But for the first time that I can remember, I'm looking at the coordinators and saying, okay, if the new coach is comfortable, we got to keep these guys. Yeah, and I was thinking the same because, thing. Because, like, it's Freddie, weird. we're going hi- to hire an offensive coach, you yeah, know? They might have to keep him. And at this point, Freddie Kitchens is clearly respected by his players. Yeah. He's clearly, you know, creative. And he's putting guys in position to succeed. And plus – Freddie Kitchens was already thought of as kind of an upping up and coming offensive coordinator candidate. This yeah. isn't out of nowhere. You know, he was very well regarded. He's, it also expands. And he's in Freddie Freddie Kitchens has worked with a lot of really brilliant offensive minds. Mm-hmm. He's got the pedigree. I think it, you know, look, if the new head coach wants his own guy, then so be it. So be it. Yes. But Freddie Kitchens is putting himself in a in, in a position where if the new coach is comfortable, I think it would be a great idea to keep him on as the offensive coordinator. And if he's not, maybe not the play caller. Yeah. Depending on what head coach we get, maybe not the play caller, but at least a big voice in that offensive room with players he's already comfortable with and a system he's already building around those players. And I think also and that goes for Greg Williams too, which we we can talk about Greg Williams in a minute. But I think Freddie Kitchens also gives the Browns an expansion if he keeps doing this well, an expansion of the coaching candidates they could look at. 
in the event that they decide to hire another coach, just because having a veteran coach that maybe not isn't maybe isn't a play caller. If you have Freddie Kitchens in there and he's well respected, like a McCarthy or a Harbaugh gets hired here, if we if we end up going that route, that could be something that's very beneficial for the Browns. But also, if they hire a young coach, it could be someone else who's been in the NFL, who's up and coming, and it could be two guys in a basically in a lab together. Like, all right, let's come up with this. Like, imagine Lincoln Riley and Freddie Kitchens just sitting at a drawing board. Like, what can we do to put our players in the best position? Freddie Kitchens, every coach who he's worked under has really liked him, including our boy Bruce Arians. Yeah, Bruce. Bruce. Um, we can talk about what the defense did this week in a moment, but. Greg Williams fits in the same category for me at this point. Yeah. And he's also been a lot calmer, which is weird. I have complained about Greg Williams before. So have I. Because of his lack of adjustments. Yeah. But now that he has talent, notably a pass rush and guys that can actually cover people one on one. And with Schobert back. And with Joe Schobert, yeah. We're starting to see like if Greg Williams has the talent where he needs the talent. This defense is absolutely trending talent in the right direction. This defense, guys are being put in position to succeed, and guys are developing and making plays. And I think we all know about the bounty situation with Greg Williams, but that's how long ago now? It's over 10 years, I think. Yeah, it was like in the early 2000s. I know, I know Greg Williams has kind of been a character where he's, you know, cussing and yelling and acting like a crazy man. And, you know, he's kind of an interesting guy, to put it lately. Okay? Yeah. And so I get it. Like I said, if the new head coach wants nothing to do with Greg Williams, so be it. But I'm really impressed with the job Greg Williams is doing. And all this makes the John defense, Dorsey look better, too. Yeah, the, de- the, defense, the, right the defense is improving. Uh, the team, there's been four penalties in two games. And I again, I don't, <laughs> I know, that's I don't know how much of that you can attribute to Greg Williams, but when you switch coaches and the penalties – on, like on the dot to stop. I think one game you have to give him some credit. I think one game is to. a fluke, and two is starting to become it's a trend. trend. Yes, three. And if it's ne- and if it's in a couple weeks when we get off our bye week, the whole mood in that locker room has changed. And I know that that's anytime you fire a coach, it's going to wake the players up. But Greg Williams, like you said, has calmed down, and he seems like for the, for a young team, he's really been able to kind of take a lot of guys under his wing. And I've I got to give him credit. The defense yeah. is really, really progressing. They are, despite having Terrence Mitchell out and EJ Gaines out and Christian Kirksey on IR and yeah. all these guys having injury issues. They're they're pressing on, which has been great to see because the defense looked lost during those last had, two weeks of Haley and Hugh Jackson. You're starting with Terrence Mitchell, the Browns of Denzel Ward is doing his thing. Yeah. Still, he, that, that boy doing his thing. Okay. Yeah. The Browns have had three guys get a crack at the number two cornerback spot. They've all had success. Yeah. I'm not saying they've all been great, but starting with Terrence Mitchell. He was the best of them. Yeah. Although Carey. But then Gaines, who's now out. But TJ Carey played. Carey had a good game this he week. He played against Julio Jones a lot of the times. He had 10 targets at him. Five were completed for 48 yards. Yeah. So he wasn't even covering Julio the whole game when he got all of his yeah. stats. So, and that. I'm just saying. Like, also the BS. I'm not saying Greg Williams should not be the head coach. No, 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 no way. No, that's and that's not, and he's not going to be a candidate for that. Right. Okay. But you know, unless unless the new head coach wants to get rid of him, I'm in favor of keeping him around because anything you can do to keep the continuity with this defense is good in my mind, because the way this defense is progressing with a little more talent, they're going to be one of the better units in the league. Yeah. I I don't think there's any reason in changing that. Like I said, 
We don't need forced marriages. Mm-hmm. We saw what happened when you forced Hugh and Todd Haley together. It was a disaster. No and communication. when you forced Hugh on John yes. Dorsey. Yes. But, you know, if the new head coach wants to keep Greg Williams, I think that's an absolutely positive thing because i got to give the guy credit. And I think the way the team's playing right now, it's going to make some very difficult decisions for John Dorsey. And this is, and this is just – it's this is yet another thing that's just different about the Browns this year. Yeah. You know, they're playing close games. They're making big plays. You're looking at the coaching staff and saying, oh, I could see the new head coach actually wanting to keep some of these guys. You know, now that the cancers of Haley and Hugh are out of the locker room, it's just there seems a more freeness to this team and not as stressful. There's not as much friction going on on the, especially probably during the week and Freddie kitchens, is talking to his there's players. Like, there's no like issues with timeouts and there's no confusion about yeah. stuff. Greg Williams seems to actually have somewhat of an idea of what he's doing. Like we said, yeah. not a head coaching candidate, and it but just, he's it just, playing I mean, himself into a good position. It just makes Hugh Jackson look worse yet again. Yeah. And it makes John Dorsey look even better for, we were laughing about the fact that they kept Greg Williams, the one guy out of those three and they're reaping the benefits so far. Yeah. They played a chiefs team closer than the score indicated and they beat an Atlanta team by more than the score indicated. Because they should have beaten Atlanta by like twenty-five. Yeah, I mean Atlanta's not a great team, but you know the they were Browns, up, they the Browns, up the Browns the aren't a great team either. They took care of business. I mean they they and their defense and we were talking about their defense let's against about, one let's of the best talk about Greg Williams defense against one of the best offenses in the NFL this year. I mean we Matt didn't hear Ryan, anything from Matt Miles Ryan Garrett. had a good day, but it was like four or five yards at a time, and it was garbage. Most and that of was the time. that was what the Greg Williams defense does is yeah. prevent plays down the field. You know, four to five yards of play and. Matt Ryan took a lot of, you know, dump offs the tight end, but ultimately they got, ultimately they got 16 points. That's not, that's not a lot. And six of those were very late. That's what I'm saying. A lot of what Matt Ryan's statistics were, were garbage statistics. This is because this this is small marks of the Greg Williams defense is you allow short gains. You get a big pass rush. You don't allow big plays. You hold the goal line. And you force turnovers. And you force turnovers. Which they did do. And that's what Greg Williams defense is kind of built around. I was like, TJ Carey forced a fumble. And it paid dividends. So, and we scored, and we finally scored a touchdown off of that, which was great to see. But I mean, Garrett, Garrett got double teamed all game, yeah. and we still was able to sack the quarterback. I would say, yeah, Miles Garrett had zero sacks. He didn't even have a quarterback pressure. Yeah, and yet I would say we still had a very above average pass rush in this game. Yeah, I mean, Larry Garrett Kajogi, only played fifty snaps, fifty of seventy five. Thank finally, and again, yeah. I told Greg Williams I've complained that he's not adjusting. He adjusted. He saw that Miles Garrett was getting gas. Might be his son doing some of this adjusting because Vince yeah. Williams is apparently been getting having a lot more say in the defensive play calling because Greg Williams is trying to run the team. So maybe his son's just a little bit better of an innovator, just a little bit more willing to make adjustments to his dad's scheme than his dad is, which is weird. But well, I mean, whatever, give the family credit. But yeah, I mean, we were rotating guys, and the guys that played weren't just getting shoved to the ground every single play. Brian Price, solid run stuffer able to just take up time. Anthony Zettel picked up from the... Yeah, Anthony Zettel was, he was good. kind of a monster. Chris Smith playing the amount finally he had, Finally had an impact game. Finally playing the right amount of snaps, between 20 and 25 snaps a game is what he needs to have as a nickel pass rusher. Jernard Avery... You notice they moved Garrett around a little bit too? As they should. Yep. They absolutely should be moving him inside, especially in nickel situations, which can give Jernard Avery a chance to rush from the edge, which they didn't do as well with that this week. Avery had a bad week. I'm hoping that this coming up week, this coming up game in a couple weeks, Avery will get more nickel pass rush opportunities, and that'll give 
Miles Garrett more chance to move inside because we've seen when he they had Miles Garrett go in coverage for a snap or two and it looked hilarious. Yeah. He's just like he was probably he, like, he, yeah he exactly he was just looking around like oh what am I supposed to do? If he would have had an interception, that would have been glorious. Yeah, he probably would have returned it for a touchdown. That boy's fast. But it's just nice to see the it's Browns yeah. adjust and the linebackers. We talked about it a little bit, but my God, was it nice to have Joe Schober back? Joe Schobert was a Pro Bowler last year. I think he was a replacement Pro Bowler. He but was. Still, he's he's going to be a full-on Pro Bowler he, this year. He was a Pro Bowler, and everyone said, well, I don't think he's going to do that again. He's no, better. He is. He's better. He's honestly a candidate for an all-pro spot. He's really good. Joe Schobert is one of the absolute elite top five or three coverage linebackers in all of football. And according to Pro and, Football Focus – it's and, the highest coverage grade of any defensive player. And Joe Schobert is a legitimately good run defender, too. He is. Joe Schobert's a star. He's a thumper. You which have, is funny because he have, came into the we NFL. We have to call it like we see it. Joe Schobert might be the Browns' best defensive player after Miles Garrett. And he came into, Seriously. He came into the NFL as a pass rusher, outside linebacker. And then we moved him inside. Because I thought he was too small to play yeah, inside. He's, and he's a great run stuffer. In Greg Williams' scheme or in any type of Tampa 2 scheme where the middle linebacker is moving back, he covers ground real fast. And he can break up plays like those goal line stands. He made a big play on that fourth and goal to prevent that touch. To prevent a touch. Joe Schobert is one of the most surprising Browns players that I've seen in a long time. And he needs an extension. I just didn't, I just didn't expect that he could actually be this good. Yeah. And I, I don't know if it's because he's white. I don't know if it's because he's small. I don't know if it's because he's from Wisconsin. I don't know whatever. I should have made you think he was going to be good. I know. Whatever Wisconsin reason players, it, I know, man. but whatever reason it is, and even you too, like everyone. We, yeah. I, I mean, I thought he could be an average middle linebacker, but like he is a legitimate impact star linebacker. Remember at the beginning of the year, we were both saying when Michael Kendrick was on the team, who's going to lose reps? We were like, yeah. probably it's going to be Schobert. Yeah. Well, not now. Yeah. Now Schobert's going to play literally every single snap, and yeah. he's going to be good all doing. But that's just another example of a player under Greg Williams who's found a role playing and well. It's not even just his talent; it's the fact that he is the quarterback of the defense. He's sitting there like people are looking. The players are looking back at him like, "I'm supposed to be here, right?" And he's like pointing, looking at it. He's doing like tomahawk chops, and he's like moving his hands everywhere. He's calling the plays. He's setting people up where they're supposed to be. And what has happened? The Browns. Played a much better defensive game against a much against a very good offensive team than they did in the week previous. Where let's be honest, they weren't going to stop Kansas City, but I bet the Browns would have done a little bit better in getting them off the field on third downs had Joe Schobert been in there. So it's nice to see Joe Schobert be back and healthy. The and Browns are not going to the Super Bowl. No, the Browns are not going to the playoffs. Yeah, the Browns are not going to win seven games. No. The Browns have three games left, six six games left. And they could probably win three. I could see them honestly going 500 the rest of the way. They could go 6-9-1. and one. And, you know, just, just because the Browns aren't going to make the playoffs and aren't a great team yet doesn't mean that all this optimism is misplaced. Because this is young talent across the board, improving, stars are emerging. And like we said, John Dorsey is a great talent evaluator. He's going to plug these holes that we still have. And I just, I have not been more op- realistically optimistic about the Browns in a long, long time. It's fun to watch the Browns again. Yeah. It hasn't been fun to watch the Browns in, God, 10 years? Since Derek that 07 team? Derek An- except for that one start with Brian Hoyer the one year. Yeah, the 7-4 and four year. Yeah. I think in 2013 or 14. Something like that. It's been a while is the point. Is Most years we just are, basically sleepwalking. I just hope they don't play their way out of a top 10 pick. 
I know. This is a good draft for what they need, too. Yes. So yes, I is. said last week, look out for some of those players. Jonah Williams, just my quick guy. Left tackle. Left tackle is a big thing. Interior defensive line. Which there are a lot of. Linebacker. Which there are actually a decent amount of. Look, I think we've discussed corner is a huge need, but I don't even think corners in our top I think it's become four our, or five needs I think anymore. it's five now. I think it goes Well, from, no, I'll tell you why. Because we've got Denzel Ward, who's a legitimate yeah. starter. We've got three guys who are candidates for that number two spot. Hopefully we can resign. Breon Body Calhoun looks pretty solid. I think they're already signed, those guys. Terrence Mitchell and E.J. Gaines are both brought in on one-year deals. Okay. So they're going to have to resign them, but I would hope that they would. And I would hope that John Dorsey realizes the impact they made, especially if we keep our defensive coordinator. They're going to have experience in that system. Why would you go get guys that haven't done it already? Plus the depth of that, just add a couple more depth guys just so that way if they do go down again, you have those options. But the Browns are trending in a direction that makes you feel like in two years – this Brown, we could be talking about this Browns team not cautiously optimist as cautiously optimistic, but a team that could legitimately contend for a playoff spot. I think it could happen next year. I think it could too. I I don't I don't know yet. Just I'm not because it will. Yeah, but I think the Browns are going to be hanging around 500 next year. I think if they make the right coaching decisions and they build a depth up on their team and they hit on those draft that's picks the, that's, again, that's the big piece is coaching. finding the right head coach. Yeah, because I believe in John Dorsey to evaluate the talent. I believe in a good get get a good head coach as well, but if they if the Browns get a good head coach this offseason, it's going to be that arrow's pointing up. Yeah, it's a good time to be a Browns fan right now. Yeah. They're it's a, finally nice to see them do something yeah. for once. I mean, the Chiefs game we weren't upset about. We expected them to lose the Chiefs, game. and they played that game closer than it should have than it really was. That bad. Yeah, like had the Baker Mayfield pick not happened, they would have only lost by eight. Yeah, against the maybe the best team in the NFL, and now they just absolutely throttled an, an average or above average NFL team. But a te- And really the defense is what, while the offense played amazing, it was nice to see the defense p- perform so well against an offense yeah. that is one of the best offenses in the NFL. Because Sarkeesian, after his early blunders this season and last year's playoff game, they're one of the better play callers in the NFL this past, this during the season. The Browns defense was not following for that play action. No. It's because te- they were stuffing this the run. Man. Tevin, the, Tevin Coleman and Ito Smith weren't able to get anything going in the Tevin running game. Tevin Coleman had, uh, you know, about four and a half yards to carry, but he only got 11 carries because they were so far behind. Yeah. Well, this game, I think, also just shows how much they missed Devontae Freeman. Maybe that would have been different had Devontae Freeman been in the game. Maybe not. Maybe that would have the same things would have happened, but Tevin Coleman's probably not a, is not a starting running back, or at least a 20 to 25 carry guy. He's more like a 10 to 15 carry guy that can do everything. Kind of like a Duke Johnson. Yeah. He's basically Duke Johnson, and... The fact that the Browns were able to stop him it was just nice to see. Yeah. Even Pete agrees. Yeah. I say hello to my cat in case you guys could hear that in the background. He's always here. Always trying to be a part of the podcast. <laughs> um, it's just a lot of good this week for the Browns. Yeah. There really is. We have now, a bye week this week. The Browns so. have a bye week. They've got time to kind of recuperate, get energized, and they've got six games left. They have a full week run. off. Yeah. Yeah, Greg Williams gave them the whole week off. You know who's going to get security? Antonio Callaway. Yeah, let's make sure he doesn't do anything stupid. Um, Don't let him go down to Florida. The Browns have six games left. Pretty much all those games are with teams that are good but not great. Not to mention the Hugh Jackson Bowl. Uh, Two Two times. Hugh Jackson's been hired by the Bengals. I don't want to even say his name anymore. (laughs) I'm just tired of hearing about him, so let's just not go there. Let's just say um, we get to face him. Hugh Jackson. Let's I'm just sorry, say we get to face him two more times, and it'll be glorious. Let's just hope he gets to play the call, call the plays. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, he's actually helping the defense. Believe now it or not. we just need the Bengals to hire Todd Haley. Um, anyways, 
We'll be back soon with more Browns. Um, we have a bye week coming up, like Graham said. So maybe some basketball. Yeah, we're gonna have week. some. We're gonna have some Cavs and other NBA talk coming up this week. Draymond Green and Kevin Durant want to fight each other, and I'm really happy about that. Um, let's make it a pay per view event. Let's do it. Yeah, maybe get Tristan Thompson involved. You know, I don't know. Tristan Thompson Anyways, can be the guy that holds up the um, round signs. There you go. Yeah. Okay. Oh God. <laughs> um, My Twitter at a Baker underscore sports. Graham's Twitter at G T M O H A N. Yes. Um, slanted spines. Mm-hmm. Tree city gaming. We've got it all. We've got yeah. it all. Whatever your, whatever your interests or needs are. Uh, we've got it with this group. Also, as always, please, if you haven't already, Give us a review wherever you listen to podcast. Um, it really helps us out. Yeah. Like I said, only five stars. Absolutely nothing else. Yeah. Okay. If it's four star, we'll find you. If you hate the podcast, just give, give us four. Stars. Just give us four. Yeah. I'll take the four, but please five stars. All right. We'll talk to you guys soon. Appreciate listens. Peace.